guest is the host of the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan on NBC Sports Washington. I want to welcome on my next guest, Mr. John Paul Flame. JP, how's everything going for you? What's up, Zach? How are you? So I, I heard yesterday that you used to play for Bishop Sycamore High School. Yeah. <laughs> sure. well, I've got a very extensive uh, resume. Um, played in Turkey Bowl once. Uh, beyond that, don't have much of a resume, but I guess you don't need one to play for that high school team. What was your takeaways when that story kind of blew up? Uh, it's interesting. You know what? Um, being around uh, high school sports, there are always, you know, guys who are shady. Like, you wonder how the heck did they end up at this high school? I used to bust the chops, uh, you know, Jason and Eric from the show, uh, Lurch and EB, because they went to DeMatha, right? So at DeMatha, when Joe Gibbs was the head coach, his son lived in a hotel to go to DeMatha. Like, I went to a public school. That didn't happen. But these private schools that have these great programs, they'll find ways to get people into their schools. Yeah. No, it's incredible. I was reading some, like, story. They, they got some former players, some guy who played for there, like, three years ago, and apparently, like, they, the people completely lied to the guy to get him to move across the country to come there his junior year. They threw him all in some hotel that weren't even paying the bills. Apparently there was no meal plan or anything. Apparently the people were like stealing food from Kroger to eat. I'm like, this is, this is a nightmare. Like the sad part is this team had players that shouldn't have been eligible and they still suck. Yeah, no, it's it's insane because a lot of these guys are like 24 and 25 and they're just getting their, their ass handed to them by five-star recruits. And right. I'm really like, I don't know, why would they want to be out there? Do they think, oh, I can just use this fake name, pretend I'm 18, and maybe an NFL team will look at me? What, what, I, don't, I don't know what the goal is. I don't know. Maybe they just playing. You know what? Yeah. I miss playing. I'm sure if you played high school sports, when it comes to an end, you miss it. Yeah, no, it's, it's honestly it's what we needed on just like a really slow Monday because it's still like blowing up now. So it's fantastic. I can't wait for the 30 for 30. But um, flipping over to the Washington football team, um, any surprises for you? Any of these guys that are making the 53 or any guys that were cut? Not really. You know, and I'm not one of those guys that stresses too much about the guys on the edge. We spend so much time and look, I've been doing a show for 25 years now and we'll spend time talking about the fifth and sixth receivers in training camp. They don't really play. They don't have much of an impact. So it's about the stars. You know what? How's your quarterback? How are your star defensive players looking like? Does it really matter if Isaiah Wright makes the team versus Antonio Gandy-Goldie versus Dax Milne? Not really, because none of those guys are going to do much. If you're relying on Dax Milne or AGG or any of these guys, you're in trouble. I always thought Isaiah Wright was Chase Young's stunt double because they look identical. <laughs> no, but and Gandy Golden, they forget how good he is with the Rubik's Cube. Like, that's essential for the team. Right. A uh, little known story here to go, you know, if you know about the junkies, we grew up together, right? So EB and I grew up across the street from each other, and EB was a huge Rubik's Cube guy. Now, you're a lot younger than us. We were around when the Rubik's Cube actually came out, not like when it got popular again 20 years later or 30 years later. And, uh, he actually was able to solve it in like under a minute and started writing a book about it. Never came out. He never finished it, but he actually started writing down like his tricks on solving the Rubik's cube. Yeah. That's incredible. And then we I saw Samus Reyes made it. Like, have you seen anything out of him? They're like, Oh, this guy, maybe they found someone. No, but do you see much out of the preseason anyway? I mean, uh, apparently he's physically gifted. They really like him. So they didn't want him to bounce to another team. So if they put him on the practice squad, anybody can pick him up. So again, how much does a third tight end really do? Do you miss 
the third tight end last year was a I don't even remember when Jeremy Sprinkle was with my this. Sprinkle jersey hasn't even arrived yet. I've been I've been waiting for months. So right. you know he's on the Cowboys and now he's living it up on Hard Knocks, even though they don't, they don't put the mic the microphone on him. But um, no, yeah. And then um, with the start with the QB, were you surprised they kind of named Fitz the starter so quickly? Do you think Heineke had a shot? I don't think Heineke had much of a shot. I think it was mostly lip service from Ron Rivera. Now, I'm not somebody that goes to camp every day, but we're plugged in, talk to people that are at camp every day. Most people said that in camp, if you just watch the two quarterbacks, Fitzpatrick and Heineke, that there actually was a larger divide than people expected and that Fitzpatrick separated himself in practice. So maybe that's why Rivera went with that, but let's be real. It's cakes from Sam the show. You paid one guy 10 million, paying another guy like a million. You're probably going to go with the $10 million man as your starter. No, because what was surprised because obviously Fitzpatrick has never made the playoffs, and not only did they name him week one, they said he will be the starter all season. So I guess they're willing to go with the highs and the lows, and they're going to keep him out there. Yeah, I, I would say that that's probably a temporary thing because they can say, yeah, he's going to be a starter all year. Let's just say, and I'm not expecting this to happen, he throws seven interceptions in the first three games, and they're off to an 0-3 start. You think they're going to have him as the quarterback the rest of the season? There's no chance they'll go to the next man up. Do you think they're regretting looking at what New England has and what Chicago has, not trading up for Fields or Mac Jones? I mean, it depends on what happens during the season. But remember, Washington didn't have – they would have had to trade up. So Washington didn't have a pick where they could have taken Mac Jones. Yeah. They would have had to make a move up. So it's hard to know whether they've been able to get that. And Fields has looked very good in the preseason. Hasn't played against any ones. So we'll see how he fares against the number ones. I mean, it looks like he's going to be a really good player, but you just, you don't know. Yeah. Were you guys on air when Cam got cut this morning? Uh, yeah, that happened towards the tail end of the show. So it's surprising, although given what he made and given the fact that they're clearly going with Mac Jones as their quarterback of the future, What's the point in having a guy like Cam Newton in the quarterback room as a backup? He's probably going to end up just being a distraction there. Well, since Ashburn is Panthers North, are they going to bring him in? I doubt it because so. Ron Rivera's had his chance a couple times to bring in Cam Newton. Could have done it in the offseason, right? They didn't. Yeah. No, it's, it's wild. And then looking around the division, is anybody scary or is it kind of just business as usual? Uh, so I'm not as high, you know, in our show, there's four opinions. I'm not as high on where Washington's going to be this year as some of the other guys. Um, and who knows Dallas on paper at offense looks scared, but it depends. Is Dak going to be healthy? What's going to happen with that defense? They brought in a lot of new guys from coordinator to rookies. They drafted. Is that going to be better? I would still lean towards Dallas as the favorite in the division. I mean, remember, Washington won a division at 7-9 and nine last year. It's not like they were blowing teams away. It came down to the end. Um, I'm not convinced they're going to be better. They may have more talent, but they have a much tougher schedule. They're going to play tougher quarterbacks on the schedule this year. So I don't think it is fait accompli. Washington is the division favorite. Are there any guys you're excited to see once the season gets going for Washington? Well, I think if we can actually see him on the field, it'd be interesting to see how they deploy Curtis Samuel. I mean, that was one of their big weaknesses last year. Obviously, he started the quarterback. That was the biggest weakness. They had an anemic offense last year, but they also didn't have great weapons for whoever was under center to throw to besides Terry McLaurin. Uh, Logan Thomas, obviously emerging at tight end. So you pay a lot of money to bring Curtis Samuel 
We'll see how he fares as the number two receiver. I'm just going to guess that he'll be okay and be ready to go in week one. It's uncertain because he hasn't obviously shown us anything in the preseason. Even in practice, they say he's always practicing on the side. But he's somebody that Ron Turner and the offense can turn to not only as a receiver, but as a guy who's maybe get some uh, you know jet sweeps, some some trickery out of the backfield. Um, so that's what I'm interested in seeing. And then uh, Logan Thomas, I know you guys have had him on the show a couple of times. Who, who's who's he buddies with? Golf buddies with? Well, Logan's played golf with Valdez a few times. So Valdez, um, he's worked at a golf course, and he basically. He's like uh, Jason Bishop Jr. He has worked all angles to get free golf as much as possible. And I think he's uh, a regular Potomac Shores. And I think that they've linked up there. And, and, you know, I don't know the extent of that friendship, if it's more uh, uh, just playing golf a couple times or text here and there or beyond that. But uh, Logan, I, I did not expect him to have that type of year last year. Some of the guys on the show did. I'll give them credit for, for kind of sticking their necks out there and saying this is a guy who can produce. I, I wasn't buying into it because he had never done it before. Uh, I can't remember what his career high in catches was before last season, but it was next to nothing. Um, and this year, like if you're a fantasy football player, he's like a top six, seven uh, tight end in the league now. Yeah. Are you as excited about what he could do this year, potentially maybe what Jordan Reed was doing a couple of years ago or not, not at that level yet? I mean, Jordan Reed was special when he was healthy. That's the problem. Yeah. So, Logan, at least last year, proved that he was there game in and game out. You almost forget, though, how good Jordan Reed was. I mean, yeah. Reed went on the field healthy. He was at that Travis Kelsey-like level. Yeah. All right. And I don't know that Logan Thomas is going to get to that level where you're considered the best or, you know, let's say Kelsey, Kittle, you know, some of these top guys. There's a tier there. Logan's kind of in the next tier. Jordan Reed was at the top tier. Yeah. No. And then and looking at the run game, obviously they let Peyton Barber go. Apparently maybe Jared Patterson might get a shot. And with Gibson, even though he's kind of a newly turned running back, do you think people's expectations are too high or do you think the sky's the limit with this kid? Uh, I think the expectations are probably kind of actually about right. Um, he showed you what he could do last year. New to the position, the guy played wide receiver. Didn't have many carries in, in college. And uh, he showed you, I think he averaged 4.7 yards per carry. He showed you that he could do it. Has a nose for the end zone. I think they get rid of Peyton Barber because they feel like, look, Gibson can produce in these situations. They want him on the field as much as possible. So if he can remain healthy, I think he'll put up big numbers. Um, remains to be seen how where he'll fall. Um, the other part of me that just thinks, look, the league, every year, it's less and less running, right? So do you need this workhorse is going to get the ball 25, 30 times on the ground? You don't. So do you need to keep somebody like Peyton Barber just for these little short yardage situations? I don't think you do when you have somebody Gibson who's capable. Now, if he gets hurt in week two, then you'd be like, oh, we're kind of F. And I don't know about Jared Patterson. Again, another guy who looks great in the preseason. Who's he playing against? Yeah. I always say they're playing against uh, Costco employees. Yeah, that's, most of these guys aren't playing, be playing football anytime soon. Um, so, and then looking at to, obviously defensive line is probably the most attractive part of the entire team. Do you think these guys live up to the expectations, or what do you expect? What, what would if you were if you were betting young and and sweat combined sack total? I'd go around 24, 25. Really? Maybe low for some people. 
But people, you know, I know they're talking about breaking a record, right? To break the record, they would each have to have 20, if I recall, right? The record's, I think, 39. Um, why don't you look up the numbers and see what they produced last year? Neither of them got to double digits last year. I think they're great, but if each of the guys got 12, like you look disappointed when I said that, but if each guy's got 12, that gets you to 24. Not close to the record of the Vikings from years ago, but 24 from your two defensive ends would be damn good, even in a 17-game season. So I think that's where we land. I'm not going to jump Chase Young from seven and a half sacks to 20. And I'm not going to jump Montez Sweat from nine sacks to 20. I just don't see it. Give me 12 each, and I think that's solid. If it's under that, I'd be a little disappointed. If it's over that, like I could see them maybe getting up to 30. That'd be amazing. Where, where, how do you see them faring in the NFC? In the NFC overall? Yeah. So I think that they're probably going to be an 8-19. I, I don't see them making this big jump. I'm not a huge Fitz guy. Some on the junkies are. I think you're gonna. it's going to be a roller coaster season with Fitzpatrick. I think the offense will be better, but they were horrible last year, okay? So I don't see them all of a sudden being this top 10 offense. I just don't see it. I'd love to be wrong. Maybe Antonio Gibson and, and Curtis Samuel and De'Ami Brown are going to raise this offense to be one of the best in the league. I don't see it. I think they'll probably be mediocre offensively, and I think the defense is likely to take a little bit of a step back just because they're facing better quarterbacks. They were fortunate with some of the matchups last year. And again, remember, this was a team that finished seven and nine last year. They lost in the playoffs, so seven and 10. This wasn't a winning team. So I think they may be better, but the record's going to be about the same because they're facing Aaron Rodgers. They're facing uh, Josh Allen. And those are, that's going to be tough. I mean, look what Tampa did to the Washington defense in the playoffs. Tom Brady... And the running game, by the way, absolutely destroyed the Washington football team defense. I think the Washington football team defense is good, and they definitely have a lot of talent. And maybe William Jackson at corner is going to make them even better. But they were exposed by some teams along the way. I think they were a little overrated. Yeah, no, because I didn't expect them to even perform that well in the in the wild card, and they. Some people are saying, oh, well, obviously they were they they were uh Tampa Bay's best matchup. They lost. Doesn't doesn't matter. They lost. So yeah, no, that's it's and then with and then looking around the uh, going back to the division, does Philly scare you at all? Because nobody's talking no. about Philly. Not not at all. No. Interesting. Wrong, but Jalen Hurts at quarterback, huge question mark. Um, yeah, it's the kind of guy that uh you might like him on your fantasy football team because he'll give you some some running, but why don't you look at his numbers last year? I, th I think he completed less than 60% of his passes. It's a huge question mark. Kind of think that their head coach is a donk, as we say on the show. Uh, so prove me wrong, Nick Sirianni. Apparently their special teams coordinator is 29, which is incredible. Um, yeah, well, last year, week 17, did that scare you that Philly kind of had Washington on the ropes until Philly kind of just backed out of it? That doesn't give you any any pause at all this year? No. No? Could could Washington lose to Philadelphia? Sure. But I don't think Washington is this juggernaut. You know what I mean? But I think Philly is, just my opinion, probably at a 17-game season, a six or seven win team. Yeah. I think Washington's a couple wins better than that. Yeah. 
it's it's so so what's your prediction for for the season what is he eight I, mean, nine I, 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 I predicted washington at eight nine nothing in the preseason would change my mind there fact that they've got ryan fitzpatrick at quarterback guy who's never been to the playoffs yes he's played better over the last couple of seasons it doesn't give me great confidence is he going to be better than dwayne haskins yes he's gonna be better than dwayne haskins is the offense going to be better than last year yes i'm just not convinced that it's going to be that much better and given the schedule as we talked about before given the quarterbacks they face i think it's gonna be tough to have a winning record this year and then one last question for you so week one we've got the chargers obviously everybody's gonna be talking about should washington have taken justin herbert who do you see winning this matchup no i'll go with i will go with washington in this one and this is only going to be because um well two things I'm moved by Michael Lombardi today, came on our show. And this is something I have never really thought about. You always hear about West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast, but he said it's particularly tough in September where there's a lot of humidity. And for a team that hasn't played any of their starters in the preseason, they haven't had any game action. So I'm kind of banking on some humidity. <laughs> Better be a humid day. But um, I can see Washington winning that game. It's a home game. They're going to need that when you look at the schedule to, to get off to a good start. Um, Herbert's a good player, but he's also a second-year player. Like, if, if I was coaching that team, you know, new coach, I would have played Herbert some in the preseason. Uh, they opted not to do that. A lot of teams are now doing that, so I think Washington can get the win there. Well, I know we've got humidity, but – What's California, your pick, Zach? I mean, California's on fire right now. we got a little bit of humidity, so I think it's about even on that, on that side. So, I mean, I hope Washington comes out with the win. It would be nice to see them kind of set the stage for the season and kind of establish themselves. Because right now, I think it's, everybody's kind of like wants to see what's going to happen. Obviously, one last, last question. Is this a one-and-done year for Fitz? Man, it's dependent. Uh, I would say yes, it's a one-and-done because I'm not a huge believer in him. But if I'm wrong and he has a good year, then I think they do bring him back and then – they probably turn to the draft and draft somebody because I don't think anybody's going to disagree with this notion. The quarterback of the future is not on the team right now. No, no, no. You can get some pretty good ads. If Fitz can turn on the magic for 17 games, which would be insane. Washington would be on primetime every single week. It would be incredible, but maybe it's like a three game stint. Then he comes out of the league with the best passer rating. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, is it, or his eyes open. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting with this season. Can't wait for football to get going. Cause obviously there's no sports going on right now with baseball. I mean, Nats haven't done anything, but, <laughs> and wizards, I don't know. I don't know who they even take. Oh, they got the kid from Gonzaga, but there's nothing going on with that, but yeah, but can't wait for Washington football to get rolling. And if they stink red zone. So um, do appreciate you taking time. Um, how can people find you on social media? Keep up with you. And obviously uh, keep up with the show. Well, listen to the show. Most importantly on the radio, I would like to urge people to live. That uh, is the most important and best way to do it. 6 to 10 in the morning on 106.7 The Fan. I'm at ClassJoJP on Twitter. You can find me there. I'll have a big announcement coming up in the next month or so. So uh, stay tuned for that. You coaching Bishop Sycamore now? Or are you taking over? Now? I'm not doing it. Although I am a somewhat of a successful flag football coach. I'll pat myself on the back there. Won a couple of championships the last couple of years. What time do you guys get up in the morning? I'm always curious. I mean, I think uh, it's dependent. If you want to know, like the four guys, it's dependent on yeah. Viv. 
and how you are. So I run late. I wake up around 4.44. That's late? That's late. Yeah. I'll tell you now. Uh, we start the show at 6, and it's in D.C. So I got about a half-hour commute. So it gives me about, you know, half-hour to get ready and roll. No, because when I was cutting the videos for, for shorts, because I was I got a new job, and I was on a 10 every morning. I was up at 9.53. So kind of, and that was, that was that was a mission for me. Right. But well, I, the work I, from home era, work from yeah. home era, which now we're back in DC. Yeah. You know, five 30, it was like sleep in until five 30. Sometimes yeah. that's probably five 45, five 50. That's unbelievable. Anything before the show. Yeah. Yeah. But do appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate it. Zach. My next guest is a sports attorney heard across ESPN, CBS, and Fox Sports, as well as the host of the Conduct Detrimental Podcast and a professor at New York Law School. I want to welcome back recurring guest, Mr. Dan Lust. Dan, has everything for you? Going for you. Uh, I'm, I'm doing real well, Zach. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. The, as the season take closer, I, I had a feeling I, I would hear from you on this Deshaun Watson stuff. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, think it's, I think it's my third time coming out to talk about Yeah, this third time. My pleasure. Absolutely appreciate you taking time. Third time coming on, and he's still not on the exemplus. What's going on? Uh, it's a very, very fair point. So I, I think the big developments that I last came on, um, you know, I, I mean, there's a couple developments here, but you don't really need to look further. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you're also a baseball fan. Baseball is dealing with the Trevor Bauer situation. Uh, it has some similarities. Obviously, they're, they're a little bit different allegations, but you know, there's the administrative list over in baseball. There's the commission's exemplus in football. Different names, same thing. It's called paid leave. If there's an investigation ongoing and you potentially did something bad, obviously innocent until proven guilty, you know what? The commissioner has the authority to take you off the field, let you sit at home, you know, sit on the couch, put your feet up, collect a full 100% paycheck, but takes you off the field. So, Zach... Rob Manfred does a lot of things wrong in Major League Baseball. I think he did the right thing with Trevor Bauer. He took him off the field. So, you know, we can focus on the game. Dodger can focus on gameplay. That is not what we have going over on in Houston. Uh, Goodell is kind of leaving everybody out to dry. Watts is not playing. He's not practicing. Uh, Watts is still getting paid in full. But, you know, he's got to go every day and deal with the reporters, deal with the cameras. So your guess is as good as mine is why he has not been placed in it. But I'll, I'll confidently say and I'm happy to go on the record. I think they've had enough this entire time to put him on the exemplar. So it tells you maybe something's brewing behind the scenes. But um, from what we know, 20 alleged accusers with no connection to one another, um, all coming forward with allegedly similar claims, tells you something's got to be going on behind the scenes because someone knows something that we don't. Because from what's available in the public realm, I would imagine he'd be placed uh, on the exemplar a long time ago. Because he, he, he really wasn't a factor in any of the training camp practice, even though he was out there. I think they put him in fourth in the depth chart. He's on the 53-man roster, even though he's going to be an inactive. He's still not an exemplist, and now they're entertaining trades. And do these trades, do you think these are like teams actually reaching out, or do you think this is all kind of just noise because nobody knows what's going to happen? I think you're on to something. And I, and I remember when, we first, when I first came out with you, and I've, you know, I've been very vocal about this, I think Tony Busby won the, the war initially in the media. Tony Busby is the attorney for these 20 plus accusers. And I think he won that initial narrative, right? Uh, he didn't go to the police department, right? There was no actual criminal case. And there's no, still no criminal case. But Tony Busby had everybody drinking the Kool-Aid early on. Now, fast forward a couple months, right? That was back in March. We're now basically in you know, September. We're getting into the middle of the season. Um, and Rusty Harden has told people, hey, 
you know, it's not that big of a deal that the grand jury is being convened to potentially bring criminal charges here. It's not that big of a deal. You know, and, and maybe Deshaun's going to get traded. So what are we talking about? We're not talking about the grand jury anymore. We're not talking about these 20 plus victims who had or alleged victims had to come forward with names. We're talking about a trade to, you know, the Eagles, the Dolphins. I know Adam Schefter, you know, reported a tweet that was a, a message from Deshaun Watson's personal quarterback coach who said that a trade will, was going to happen imminently. Right. And that was a, a couple of weeks back. Um, so I, again, I've been pretty clear on this. I, I, if I'm the general manager of a team and some of the general managers of teams are lawyers, and there's a, there's a handful of them. Um, I don't know why I would be signing up to take this nuclear asset. We were talking about the trade deadline in major league baseball a couple of weeks back. I didn't hear a sniff of any trade rumors for Trevor Bauer. I didn't hear it. So you go over to major in, in the NFL. I'm like, okay, there's a scorching hot stove for Deshaun Watson. It just, this doesn't, didn't add up. Unless someone is out there putting that narrative out there, and that's kind of what I think is happening. I think Rusty Harden is trying to say, oh, not a big deal. Grand jury speed is going out. We expected that all along. Yeah, you know, and, and we have other people talking about the trade. I'm sure agents are getting their, uh, their sourcing out there to, to try to get these uh, you know, people to pick up on this trade buzz. So I'm sure there might be trade buzz, but at the current uh, asking price, right, three first-round picks in two seconds, I haven't heard anything beyond that. I don't know what team on earth would be signing up to pay 100. percent I just, I just don't see it. Because if you had a clean sheet, there'd be 28 teams calling. As of a couple of weeks ago, there was nobody calling, and then out of the blue, they go, "Oh yeah, three first, two seconds. This deal's almost done." Is it? Do you think it's Watson's camp just kind of trying to force their hand, and or because I, I just, I, I don't get it. I literally, it doesn't make any sense to me. How is it? Right. I, I pretend you're a public company, right? And uh, you know that the CEO, there's been a grand jury convened to potentially indict the CEO and have him have criminal charges. You know what that stock would be doing right now? It would be, uh, yeah. it'd be diving. It would be going straight down and going south. Um, I don't know in what world Deshaun Watson's stock is rising such that there's this scorching hot stove for people to get him. Now, I, I do believe reports, Zach, that there is some communication that's occurred uh, about pick protections. If there was a trade, to the extent that he is charged with a, a crime or he is suspended for any portion of time or place in the commission example is that that draft compensation would be adjusted accordingly. I do believe that. But I don't know how many teams are willing to take this risk. And listen to what it is. It's, it's actually kind of three things. Number one, you're potentially getting a player who could be placed in the commission's example and not play the entire season. So... That's number one. If that happens, he's placed in the commissioner's exemplist. This is, I guess, risk number two. You are paying his entire salary for that year, right? You're signing up for $10 million. And here's the third one, which in the world of the NFL is very important. If he is not placed on the commissioner's exemplist and he's kind of in this weird limbo period, right? He's not practicing for, for the Texans. I'm, I can only imagine he's not going to suit up in week one. He hasn't been practicing this entire time. If he's not placed on that list, A, you, you pay him all this money, right, which we've got over, but B, he's burning a roster spot. I don't know who's signing up to do this, especially, right, I guess number four, this monstrous PR hit that could come your way for taking him. So, I don't know, I remember, and Zach, I know you're a baseball fan, when the Astros traded for Roberto Osuna a couple of years back with these domestic violence allegations, I don't know, at least the guy was uh, supposed to be in line to play. I mean, I guess I can, I guess I can buy that. I guess maybe I could sell that to the fan base. But Sean Watson is very close here to be getting hit with criminal charges. So you got to be pretty confident the guy's going to play. So there's a couple factors. You know, we're counting about five of them. I'm sure there's about 10, 10 red flags. I'm not sure what team is signing up to pay 50 cents on the dollar, 75 cents on the dollar. 
you know, if you're paying pennies, sure, I'm sure a team could could eat that, but I just I, I don't see it at the current ask. You think the NFL is just like hoping in time teams forget, and that's why he's not going on? And they're like, oh, we'll have four big storylines happen. Maybe there'll be some big breaking news, and then it was it was kind of thrown back out there, and people, and then as time kind of goes, people will not be as mad. And then they'll kind of try to take take the the, the PR shitstorm because I I just I don't, I don't this make any sense to me. So I I made a prediction a while ago and listen sometimes you get it right sometimes you get it wrong I think my thought process was correct. Nike and Beats by Dre and any number of sponsors dropped Deshaun Watson because they were afraid about the potential harm to those particular brands by being associated with Deshaun Watson. So. I, you know, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar company, you know, and, and as is Nike, right? Nike's not going to make that decision lightly. So I, it makes all the sense in the world to me why one would put him on the commission's exempt list. Um, the commission exempt list was created, right? It doesn't require proof beyond a reasonable doubt, right? It doesn't, that's a criminal standard. It doesn't require something like a preponderance of the evidence, which is like 51% in a civil case. It just requires something close to credible evidence that the people here you know, that they have something credible. It's not to say that the defenses aren't stronger, um, but that these people aren't coming, they're not just making this whole thing up. So I don't know. I mean, is, what's more likely that there's some morsel of truth to this or that 20 independent women are conjuring up in this giant conspiracy to, to frame and extort Deshaun Watson? Is it possible? Sure, but I'd say it's, it's much more likely um, that there is some kernel of truth to this. Uh, and that's why the, the commission exemplist was created. So. You know, Zach, I've, I've tried to be pretty vocal about this the entire time. I have some Deshaun Watson uh, supporters who think I'm wrong, that, the, that there's something out here that the NFL uh, that knows that we don't know. But even if that was true, there's enough in the public space that you shouldn't be putting the Texans through this. That's my honest opinion. Um, and if there was something that, that we don't know about that kind of calls into question the credibility of these accusers, certainly in the, in the public sphere, right, we don't know about it. Uh, so I don't, I can't tell you why he hasn't been placed on. I think that's the whole purpose of this commissioner's exempt list. And I think the, the league, you know, it's not their obligation to maybe watch out for the Texans. They're watching out for the player, but certainly doing a disservice to the Houston Texans, uh, keeping them, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, under the gun with this, the season approaching, they've been trying to trade him, but, uh, he's a nuclear asset until the NFL weighs in here. Do you usually place a bet on a sport? Do you usually lose those bets? Well, tail network is here to help tail is a social network for sports enthusiasts and gamblers. Post sports-related content as well as your picks, and they appear right on the feed to all of your followers. Everyone else can see your analytics, and you can start charging for your knowledge. Coins can be purchased on the App Store or through the website tailnetwork.com and used to buy picks. You can then cash out the coins you've earned for real money. That's unbelievable. Again, that's Tail Network on the App Store, and tailnetwork.com. I don't know if you saw a couple of weeks ago, they said the FBI was investigating it. Was that a surprise to you or is that just kind of normal? Well, I guess there's like three elements to this and I kind of touched on the first one pretty quick, but let's, let's talk about the FBI first. The FBI is involved, at least according to reports. Uh, I've told, had people drop my replies and tell me the reports are wrong, but I'll tell you what the reports are. Uh, that the FBI has essentially opened two separate files. The way these reports are coming out is actually from the attorneys involved. So one attorney, Rusty Hardin with Deshaun Watson says, well, yes, there is an FBI file open, but that's with respect to a potential extortion case uh, from one of the uh, alleged victims extorting Deshaun Watson for money. The FBI looked into it and they questioned Deshaun Watson in a case where Deshaun Watson is the victim. 
right? It's an interesting file. Again, just want to believe the attorneys. The FBI is obviously not going to comment on it. The other file is one that doesn't necessarily surprise me. The first one does. I'm sure I've never, I don't know that the FBI, uh, you know, the FBI investigating a potential extortion is news. The other one, I don't know as much news. The allegations here were that um, Sean Watson was bringing some women from the same state and some women from out of state to perform these, you know, uh, we'll say non-consensual um, massage therapy service, whatever you want to call it. To the extent that you are committing an alleged crime across state lines, the FBI is going to sniff around the case. So that's not that surprising. Um, it'd be surprising if there was a federal crime here that's ultimately charged. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think we're getting very close uh, maybe to the third development, Zach. This is the one that I think went under a lot of people's radars. Uh, a grand jury is something that is, uh, you know, if a grand jury is called usually and they're convened, more often than not, criminal charges do result. And uh, I don't know about the timing, but it, we do know a grand jury investigation has begun. Subpoenas have be, begun to be served. To basically, create a criminal case against Deshaun Watson. So, you know, the uh, you can check any dif any different state that that uses the grand jury option. Um, when a grand jury is convened, more, more often than not, again, charges do result. So, again, I use this kind of fun analogy, right? If you knew that the CEO of a public company, a grand jury was being convened to see if there were going to be criminal charges against them, and I told you historically, grand juries do bring criminal charges. Again, I don't see this scorching hot Watson market. This is a market that seems to be uh, going down here, flatlining. But uh, again, I want to believe the trade rumors. That's the exact opposite picture that's being painted. The, the longer it takes for the longer he's not on the exempt list, is his party like, all right, we're, we're, we're doing our thing? Or is that just who, who, who is benefiting from this, the extended investigation? Is it the victims because they're taking more time? Or is it his party because like they still haven't put me on it? I don't know who benefits by Watson not going on the exempt list. Um, I, you know, to some extent, obviously the investigation has been ongoing for a couple months now and the, the DA's office and whatnot, the NFL is conducting an investigation where they're talking to the, uh, you know, the alleged accusers as well. Um, they have not neither, as far as I'm aware, um, uh, the NFL has not spoken to Deshaun Watson yet at this point. So the investigation is ongoing. Obviously, would, I think it would benefit all parties to the extent that, um, you know, the data that they say the investigation is closed, we know all the information, benefits both parties because then they could focus on a potential resolution. But, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the not, I, I think putting, forcing Watson to travel with the team, dress, and have to go in front of cameras and reporters, I don't think it benefits anybody that he's not placed, uh, you know, that he's not on the commissioner's exemplist. I mean, maybe Watson's camp doesn't want it because they want to, have people focus on the on the trade and act like everything's business as usual. Um, but, you know, we saw that fun clip, Zach, that went viral with Watson asking uh, video cameras, like, why are you guys taping me every day? So clearly Watson's uncomfortable by it. I'm sure Watson would love to sit at home and collect 100% of his paycheck, sit on his chair, watch highlights of SportsCenter, uh, and just let the cases play out. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not entirely certain as to why the NFL is doing what they do, but listen, they're a billion dollar company. They have some really smart people at the legal helm. I imagine they have a plan here. Just, uh, you know, we don't know what it is yet. Before all the cases came out and he was obviously wanting to get out of Houston and everybody was like kind of on his side. And then these kind of came out and everything has kind of transpired since then. I'm not sure if he's willing to play for the Texans again in a perfect world. If the Texans came out and said, we're starting Deshaun Watson week one, would the NFL jump in and say, all right, that's enough. He's on the exempt list. That's a, a great question. Uh, and Zach, you know, you know, it's a good question. Um, I've done this uh, a, a couple of times and no one has quite asked that. 
I would think so. I, I would think they would step in. Um, I would think the NFL has had some communications with the Houston Texans to say, hey, we're going to leave him on the bench. Um, you know, he's not going to, we're not going to talk about his, uh, his performance overnight and his three touchdowns, his five touchdowns, all this stuff. Um, but then again, he's practicing. He's eligible to play. So I think that commission exemplarist, the exe- commission's exemplarist trip would have, ha- would have occurred already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see. If they do start in week one, I would be very surprised. Um, I think if you're following fantasy drafts, his, his stock reflects the public sentiment. He projected zero points. I had, I had my draft last night. He's projected zero points on the season. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 that's how I would be approaching him in fantasy drafts, that he's not going to be playing. If he starts week one, I'm happy to be wrong. Again, you know, just looking at it appropriately, it's very seldom a guy doesn't play at all, at all, right, in, uh, in camp and then starts week one. Could it happen? Sure. I just would find it to be very, very odd and not, not a good look for the NFL, truthfully. Do you find it odd he's even with the team? I do. I do. I, I, again, I, I think the NFL is very clear, right? They suspended Tom Brady right, for allegations that he deflated a ball. Uh, I, these allegations are obviously much worse than that. Um, I don't, you know, Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. We don't know what's in it, right? And I think that was part of the reason he was suspended. I don't know. I can make an argument, hey, you know, do you need to really suspend a guy for destroying a ball? Um, is it set a great precedent that a guy could be uh, taken off the field because of civil allegations? Sure. I don't, I don't know if that's the best precedent. But I also I've never heard of any other case where someone's been hit with 20 plus civil complaints all at the same time. Right. It's a precedent. Zach, if you sued me and you alleged me of doing something crazy, you took me off the field because of one person's word. Sure. It's not one person's word. It's 20 people's word. So, yeah, I mean, I I certainly think that it's a different scenario that we're in. This might be a stretch, but I've heard a lot of people comparing the situation, although it's in a different realm to the, the situation with Harvey Weinstein. Did, did, did the Hollywood foreign press or any of those kind of um, entities take a similar approach to what the NFL is doing with Watson and kind of letting, doing their due diligence before they're kind of blacklisting him? It's a different world, right? Uh, I think in the world of Harvey Weinstein, these are all kind of independent companies that can, can do what they wanted. Um, truthfully, I'm not that familiar with how, the, with how Harvey Weinstein was handled, but um, I mean, all you can tell you, right, I think the easier comparison is the Bauer stuff. Um, Bauer's taken off the field for what, what I would view as to be one accuser, right? Um, and just like I told you, Zach, one person's word against Bowers. Okay, maybe I can make an argument if you don't want to take the guy off the field. 20 people, right? Harvey Weinstein, I'm sure, was around there. Jeffrey Epstein was around there. Innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But NFL is a private entity that has very different rules than, than courts, than, uh, you know, the Screen Actors Guild or whatever, whatever uh, version is, uh, is going to be applicable to Harvey Weinstein. Um, I think the NFL has had the power to do it, so... You know, I have a feeling, Zach, you might be calling me on in a couple of weeks when we find out what this smoking gun is, for better or for worse. But yeah. it seems to be something that, that would likely be favorable to the fence. Otherwise, I, I don't understand the, the NFL's handling of this. And one more question about Watson. Do you think the Houston Police Department has tried to get, convince the Texans to not let him leave the state of Texas? Uh, not that I've heard of. You know, I, I think we would have seen something like that uh, if uh, had that occurred already. Um I don't seem Watson doesn't seem to be a flight risk. He's standing up in front of reporters. Um, I don't I don't think they have that indication. I, you know, it's possible, but I have not heard it. Uh, and Watson doesn't seem to be the guy that seems like he's he's fleeing right now. Then I want to flip over to high school football, which is a segue I've never made before. What do you make of this insane story about this fake college football team or high school football team in Ohio that's taken over the news? 
Bishop Sycamore, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Zach, you and I have never heard of the school. No one's ever heard of the school. I didn't get um, in. I applied and get in. Uh, you know, uh, I hear Manti Teo's girlfriend actually went there. So uh, she's the she's the a, she's the dean. She's the dean. Got it. Got it. She's been there for so long now. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a fascinating story. People that are, are following. Uh, I actually had this on over the weekend. Just ESPN's you know high school football spotlight. Schools I've never heard of, and they're talking about different players, different teams. I was watching a couple different games. I wasn't, you know, watching particularly that closely, but, you know, it was a high school kind of spotlight game and they were talking about which players are going to be going to the pro, you know, to uh, division one programs or whatnot. So there is a game. Uh, I didn't watch it, but IMG is destroying this team. Bishop Sycamore, 58 to nothing. And you're hearing some weird comments from the broadcast of the game that, Hey, uh, you know, uh, some indication that we might've been duped here. These guys told us they had a lot of B1 offers. This is a shame. We got to worry about the health and safety of the players. So, People watching the game started taking note. Uh, and then over the past 48 hours, uh, just about, we people, all the internet has, has gotten to come in with their with their big magnifying glasses to figure this thing out. So apparently, uh, at least according to the reports, the coach has an active warrant out for his arrest. He got fired. Players, he got fired. He, he got fired. When did that happen? Today? Uh, on Sunday, but he got fired and nobody even knew there was anybody that was uh, over him. So I don't know who fired him. So it's very Come. interesting. Somebody fired him, uh, and I think, you know, from a, I don't know, a fraudulent standpoint, this team had players that were supposed to be in high school but were junior college dropouts. So, uh, you know, there's about five, six, seven, eight red flags. Uh, I don't know. It's ab absolutely bizarre, and you have to kind of feel a little bit for ESPN. But, uh, you know, if somebody lies to you and they make representations that players on your team, A, were in high school, and B, had D1 offers, um, you know, may maybe you have some reasonable reliance there, but certainly an odd case. Is there any type of legal action that could be made against this program? So there's, I don't know, you know, we'll see what, we'll see what comes of it. Um, there's a middleman here. There's a company called Paradigm. Yeah, uh, I saw that. They, they, they scheduled yeah. it. They, you know, you want to believe the reports, they help schedule it. So they help, you know, they worked with ESPN to help find schools. And I think you want to believe the reports and, you know, the rumblings of the internet. There, there was trouble finding a game against IMG Academy, which is a powerhouse school. Um, and uh, they found some uh, helpless uh, victim, uh, Bishop Sycamore. And uh, maybe they didn't ask as many questions as they should have. Um, I imagine there's some type of contract between Paradigm and ESPN. Maybe Paradigm didn't do their full due diligence. I saw uh, some reports about comments made by Paradigm that they wish they would have done more. Um, and then there's the question as to, you know, is Bishop Sycamore have some type of relationship with ESPN? I imagine there's a contract uh, Bishop Sycamore signed with somebody, be it ESPN or be it Paradigm. Um, but it seems like it would be odd here, right? ESPN's reputation is being harmed by this, the fact that they had this school play. Um, and then there's potentially, uh, you know, some fear that if uh, high school athletes are going up against collegiate athletes, former JUCO dropouts, there could be some culpability there. Maybe it's not safe on a couple of levels. Um, I don't think we've seen the last of this. I think it would be very odd that a school would be allowed to kind of get away with this. Uh, I'm seeing some reports that, uh, you know, there's investigations now going into Bishop Sycamore, whether they're whether or not they're a real Ohio-based school, whether or not they actually have an academic charter. I don't think they're legit. I don't know what how long this investigation is going to take because it took the internet all but 24 hours. Um, but yeah, certainly there, there could be some liability that results here. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, definitely a fun case. Because right now they're the, most, they're the most popular high school team in the country. Do you think they might be getting more recruits after this? Can I buy a T-shirt? I haven't found this somewhere. I've, Barstool's selling them. I want to. I, I want on the school. So I want to buy merch. Like that's my fantasy team name is Bishop Sycamore, and it's like it's it's honestly it's like the best Monday story when nothing's going on in sports besides baseball. Um, so 
that is a that is a shocking development that there are t-shirts somewhere zach this is oh it's not not they're not yeah it's just joke t-shirts it's nothing nothing official they're not i will take the joke t-shirts yeah no because the thing is i I, what i want to know is like this is like the i was surprised this morning when i woke up and it was still trending so i wonder if in like three months people are gonna be somebody's gonna make a joke and people like what are you talking about so it's it's honestly it's a fantastic story ESPN's not having a great week, um, letting one of the faces of the network essentially go and airing 20, 23-year-olds getting getting the, the the shit kicked out of them on national television. It wasn't even ESPN2. It was on the flagship. So it, the whole thing is is wild to me. It's incredible. So hopefully they're a little bit more serious when they're scheduling and maybe do some due diligence and looking up. And apparently when a team has a blog, don't take that as an actual school and put them on national television. So yeah, so that's that's wild. Um, you look. Is there any 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 uh, teams you're looking forward to watching in the NFL season? Um, I have some money. Uh, I, you know, I have some uh, some futures placed on the New Orleans Saints. I think uh, you know, if you're a big football fan, you know, by the end of his tenure, Drew Brees wasn't the Drew Brees of old. Jameis Winston, famous Jameis, got that uh, lightning arm. He's been in the program for a year. Uh, I think they could be very dangerous. Their win total, uh, Zach. I know you're a betting man. Uh, the win total is nine, which I find very, uh, very enticing. And then Zach, uh, let's just say uh, Mac Jones. Uh, you know, I think uh, there might be some people that took advantage of that line before it moved today with news of Cam Newton plus nine hundred for rookie of the year. I think if you grab that, you uh, might end up looking very smart. Yeah. So, and they just cut Hoyer while we've been on this call. So look at that. So I guess there's no competition. He wanted all competition out of the building. So. I can't wait for football season to get gone. So what are we, what is it? Tuesday? I don't even know what day it is. Tuesday. So we got a little bit over a week until football starts going, but do appreciate you taking the time as always. Um, how can people find your, uh, find your podcast? Conduct detrimental to podcast uh, to the extent that you are uh, interested in the intersection of sports and all you like uh, reading. We started a website, Zach, as you know, conductdetrimental.com. Uh, we have sports law jobs, postings for the NBA, NFL, major league baseball. We're trying oh, cool. to be the hub hub of sports law so if you're into sports betting we have a bunch of those jobs posted but uh trying to help the uh the space pre-law kids uh, all over uh and uh, obviously uh, i'm at sports law lust on twitter and instagram always happy to uh, to help and answer any type of questions you have have you started teaching your course yet i did i did i started teaching uh august 23rd so i am now a professor of sports law all, all, nice. it's a, lot, a lot of big things happening over here Hey, I like to see it. I like to see it. Do appreciate you taking the time. I wish it was under better circumstances. I don't know what the hell's going to happen with the Houston Texans, but it should be an interesting NFL season. All good, Zach. My pleasure. Happy to come on anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, man.